Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. This episode of Lesbo and the Bean is brought to you by Lather & Co. That's latherandcompany.com for all your bath and body needs. This is an exclusive for Lesbo and the Bean. Remember to type in LATB, L-A-T-B, 15 for 15% off. Any purchases over $25 will give you free shipping. U.S. domestic for now. Wait till later. That's a really good deal for Lesbo and the Bean. So once again, that's latherandcompany.com for all your organic, cruelty-free bath and body needs, and on to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 185. The morning after, we had a hell of a UFC 235. It was historic for all of the right reasons. We had a change in the guard. We had some money that we made around here. But before we get into the fight card, we got to break down some more issues that went on last week. Lesbo, how have you been since the fight night? I'm spent. I really thought there was times last night I was going to have an anxiety attack. I thought I was like, ooh, I might have to go get a Xanax or something from someone. <laughs> I feel like stressed out about every fight that's coming. That was how I felt. But also, after it's all said and done, I think the prelims are better than the main card. Uh, that is... Correct. That's a, I'm not even going to argue that. That's 100% correct. The prelims were on fire. If you ain't paying for the pay-per-views, you didn't miss out. But, I mean, there was some you exciting missed stuff. Out. You didn't miss you out. You missed out. But and the prelims were on fire. Especially if you're a hardcore or especially if you're a wrestling nerd or if you understand the intricacies of everything that ground and just control. Well, and it was different levels. If you wanted to see people getting murked, you got to watch the prelims. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily one for the uh, Johnny Come Lately fans. The Johnny Bone Come Lately fans. The pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It for... was not one for the um, casuals, so to speak. The casuals. So before we get into our morning after pay-per-view, we do have to do some housekeeping. There was a press conference that officially went down on Thursday evening. We had Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier, Kelvin Gastelum versus Adesanya. They're getting ready for that Atlanta card. And how did you feel? The fighter, who won out of the whole press conference? Who was the person that stuck out in your mind the most? The whole press conference. We had Adesanya there. We had Gastelum there. Yep. We had Dustin Poirier there and Max Holloway. That's correct. It was a lackluster freaking press conference. Everybody was all business. There was no flair. There was no Conor McGregor. There was no... Everybody was very respectful. Very, like, I'm going up against the hardest guys in the division. That's what I want. I want to... I don't think anyone was really disrespectful. The only disrespectful thing that sticks out to me is when uh, Adesanya did the miming that he was taking the elevator down to meet Kelvin Gastelum for the photo shoot. Oh, right. That... Wow, what a significant event that must have been. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything they said. A lot of it was about Connor Cowboy, which I also don't think that fight's going to happen because I do think the Irish authorities are looking at Connor and Ireland as a country, which I actually think is a great idea because how many uh, false accusations ruin men's lives. Um, 
they don't release names of anyone until somebody's proven guilty. So they're, everyone's like, eh, we haven't heard anything about it. It's fine. It's fine. No, it doesn't mean it's fine. It's when everything's said and done that Ireland actually comes across that Conor McGregor maybe did beat or rape a girl and maybe she is pregnant with his love child and all those next level things. Uh, Ireland won't tell us that unless Conor is proven as a bad guy. Right, right, right. Not until the trials are over. Right now it's just accusations, but I do still think there's some steam behind that argument because, and I know Dana denied, that's the biggest event of the whole presser, is Dana denying the cowboy Connor thing. Correct, that is. That is the biggest headlines out of that presser. Officially Cerrone McGregor is off. But again, if it's UFC 101, you don't trust Dana White. You never trust Dana White. You don't trust so it's probably 95%. They're probably already training to fight each other. <laughs> yeah, they might as well have had Jeff Nowinski come out and deny that Cowboy and Connor were fighting. So, speaking of the fight night, before we even got to the weigh-ins, we had John Jones pop again. He only popped three out of five times, so, you know, he's pretty much good. He's fine. He yeah. cleared out more than, you know, three of five of the tests. That's more than half. Positive, right? That's a positive thing. That means good, right? I want to juice up Anthony Jones. Juice him up, and let's do that fight again. Anthony Jones? Oh, Anthony Smith. They got married after the fight. He took his last name. But that was definitely Nowinski on profile the whole Thursday and Friday of weigh-ins. Nowinski's having his own press conferences talking about how the pictograms, the Pulsin, nobody really knows what's going on here. He's just here to meet the mouthpiece. Okay, well... Then get off of there. Give me someone who knows what's going on and answer these questions correctly because right now you're just feeding me a whole bunch of shit. And here's something else too. Um, Usada and Vada and uh, the, what's the other? The your mama? Las Vegas. Yeah, your mama and your dada. Yeah. They all send their test to the same place. I found that out over the week and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Everybody talks about like, United States anti-doping, like it's so uncorruptible, yet every single one of these organizations sends their needle bags full of John Jones. No, they're pee cups. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's pee cups. It's not blood draws. From what I understand, it's pee cups. It might be blood as well, but essentially, Wada, Yusada, and Yamama are the trans... They're the messengers. They're the trans... They're the to FedEx. all one organization. So... They're all, it's not even like, oh, well, maybe they have ma- different testing or maybe they, no, it all goes to one place. They yeah, all they... send it to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> John Jones says all go to Russia. All of them, all of them. The Iron Eagle's testing them with his dad over there in Dagestan. But um, then we had one of the unicorns of the entire weekend. I feel like it's been a blue moon since we've seen it, but every single fighter made weight. Oh, I thought you were talking about Colby Covington. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that was pretty regular. If you knew what was happening, Colby was going to try to cash, crash the events at the open workouts. Crashing Kamaro Usman's workout, open workout, talking about how he doesn't deserve it, how he's going to get the belt later, this and that. Colby being on a rampage, actually going up to uh, the high rollers table with his cell phone now and uh, talking all sorts of shit about Uncle Lester, I mean Dana White, 
Oh, we're never going to get that job on Unfiltered. Never on UFC Filtered. We will never be on UFC Filtered. That is correct. <laughs> so, so. The video with Dana, the thing that I find most interesting, and I feel like a lot of other MMA presence or Twitter presences were talking about, the first thing I saw was the lovely young lady that saw the camera and said, oh, I'm going to back out and to the left, back out. To the left, because she did not want to be filmed. Dana was like, hey, stop filming. And he's like, oh, oh, my bad. Hashtag Dana side piece. Uh, yeah, definitely side chick. But we already know when you're making that kind of money, his wife already has a deal. She's like, our only deal is you can't be seen with other women. And he's doing a bad job. His wife's um, the world's most expensive best babysitter. And he's like, let's just keep it on the real. I don't want you taking half my money. I'll take care of you the rest of your life. That's exactly what's happening with Dana White in his stitch right now. Good for him, right? When, I don't know. I just can't even imagine what life's like at that level. I can't even fathom that level. I can fathom comfortable, maybe even what some would consider rich. Not the day where you have half of a billion dollars. Like, I can't even fathom that life. That oh, seems like so different levels. Let's bone the beans. Getting their five year plan. Let's bone the bean. <laughs> five year plan. I five like year that. plan. Let's go. Can you imagine? Making some heavy duty People bets. Like, I listened to them when they just talked about UFC. <laughs> now we're going to be talking about Bugatti. And in five years, all of our audience is that old. I listened to them when they. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That makes total sense. Good projections we got here at Lappy. But uh, the weigh ins. The workups, the embedded. I mean, oh, there was UFC Tony stuff. Tony Ferguson, like, what can I do with Tony Ferguson? I don't know. I offered him fights. He said no. I don't know what you guys want me to do with Tony Ferguson. That was another thing. Supposedly, he turned down the fight with Habib, right? This is what everyone's been saying. No, not with Habib. With Max. Habib can't take a fight until November. Correct, because he's on suspension. So. And Habib's going to come back and fight GSP. And it sounds to me like the UFC, John Cavanaugh, everybody else is uh, soft-shoeing out of the room about associating with Conor McGregor. Interesting. I was seeing some of that stuff as well. John Cavanaugh posting some stuff on his Twitter talking about, hey, uh, if you are not man enough to... I'm paraphrasing here. But if you're not man enough to see what you are, you know, maybe it's good we both go our own ways. And everyone started Lincoln Mac. Did you see any of that information? No. Oh, yeah. Kavanaugh's also laughed your last time you won. Kavanaugh said, uh, you already had to pay me a lot to work with him again. People have to do some crazy convincing to get me to work with him again. That was the last time they won. Yeah, it seems like sometimes I, I, that kind of money, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of money, that Mac, to go from a guy that's literally on food stamps and everything else to a guy that is making a certain amount a year, you're just not prepared for that. You're not prepared. Who's prepared for that kind of fame? You need shrinks. You need to hire a shrink. That's what you should go out and do. Hire the best money management person in the world and the best psych uh, It's so hard because I feel like in those levels, you are riddled with phonies. People that are like, oh yeah, I'm a psychologist. Like, you really have to do your know, research. You could just do a little, research. like, a, big, a, a poor man's Google search <laughs> and find out, like, oh, this person has 2,000 five-star ratings. And, oh, look, I can afford them. I'm a thought So you're telling me Craigslist would not be a good place to find them? Um, if you're looking for a Florida massage parlor, maybe. Woo! Handing out all those H-E's to everybody. <laughs> Connor's well, getting uh, some. You want he? <laughs> you want a he? If you haven't heard, here in Florida, we attract billionaires for all the right reasons. 
our state shaped like a dick, and everyone's surprised that everybody's coming to get some hand jaw there. Too. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't just that. Unfortunately, it was some human trafficking that's really sad for the victims, and it's really unfortunate that it's taken away from the suffering that those people had to go through. Ain't no happy ending. For some people. What well, happy ending for some? It's a nightmare for another. Tragic life to another. Sounds like a Diego Sanchez life story. Nightmare or, for or some. Or Mickey Gall. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but he was the nightmare to the dream. So, nightmare for some, dream for others. One man's dream is another man's treasure. <laughs> <laughs> One man's trash. So... Before we get into the pay-per-view, other fun little tidbits we've had over the MMA weekend. We gotta hit the ground running because we got another show coming up. Oh my gosh, is like, there more We don't fights? even get a brief. Oh yeah, What's more next? fights. I get right now. We gotta break this down. We gotta talk about what we're going and event. We'll get there, but there's so much, so so much that I just I haven't even looked at it yet, honestly. All right, Heavy. me either. I'm ready. So quick, I'm ready. Quick fan oh, question. One more? Quick fan question on the Twitterverse, paraphrasing, Ollie Dicko himself. You're going to ask it now? I thought you were going to ask it at the co-main. Oh. I thought it was a perfect a, time. I, that is a perfect time. Then we can wait till then. Sorry, we're leaving you hanging. But what we aren't going to leave you hanging is going to be on the first fight of the night when we told you guys to stay away. UFC 235, New Vegas. New Vegas. <laughs> Look at the gifts. Look at all of the artwork. We told you guys to stay away from this opener, and it was for all the right reasons. Viana, still not fully tested. Should have been a better striker. Cyphers looked good in there. I think the most telling thing from this entire fight was how awkward Hannah Cyphers is in front of the camera. Everybody knew it. Everyone at said, hey, we know you hate to talk, but uh, let me ask you some questions. And Cyphers eked out. Was it a unanimous decision she was a big underdog throughout the night i think but it was a split i think it was two cards to one either way it from either lady what i saw i didn't like i was trying to fade cyphers there um i i'm gonna fade either fighter i feel like going forward even though cyphers did actually uh bring another wrinkle to her game and that was gas tank and actual good fight iq she was smart in there liked what i saw didn't like what i saw from vienna very one-dimensional type of linear track mind. I actually felt different. I felt like Cyphers looked so good in there. She stifled a lot of Vienna's plans, not negating what ne Vienna can do against some lower-level 115ers. I think both ladies are young, and I'm kind of looking forward to see what they both can do in the division. Cyphers completely surprised me here, and... Um... Yeah, I don't know if they're, I don't see them like running for the strap anytime soon, but uh, they both improved to me a lot on their last game, and I think Vienna was just as surprised as everybody else was. Cyphers came out and didn't even mess around and stifled all parts of her game plan. Landed an overhand right, dropping Vienna in the first. Uh, Vienna was pulling guard, which I always absolutely hate, but uh, she was actually, a, we forgot to talk about it on our breakdown, but she was a fighter who came in with all that fight for beating up a crackhead. I was going to say we forgot, and I wanted to just say I forgot only because um, I was like, oh my gosh, did we talk about this and I totally forgot? <laughs> no, we did. No, we did. We we did forget, but it's the first fight of the night. I would have thought they would have put her in another spot. It was still low caliber fighting, I felt like, going on in there. But Viana also, Tiago Santos is number one lady. Tiago Santos. Maheta himself. 
is with Viana? That's what I heard. No, Johnny oh, no, Walker. Johnny Walker. I'm sorry. You're that's... getting the threesome mixed up because you're wanting Johnny uh, Walker and Tiago to fight. <laughs> uh, that's what I was about to say. My prophecy third eye is all over the place. It's like, oh, you I'm getting crossed. Tiago is going to beat up Johnny Walker and steal his girl? And I'm Mr. Steal Your Girl. But I think he actually has like two or three baby mamas. They all do. <laughs> he looks like he could. He is charming. Definitely. So you like them both moving forward. I'm still super tentative. Anything left with either one of those ladies? No, and I think they're both better than the next fight we're about to talk about, Gina Mazzani. Gina Mazzani versus Macy Chieson, Louisiana's own at 135 pounds. If you didn't follow us, got our final picks on Instagram, you saw that both of us highlighted Chieson. Even though she was 9,400, there was a reason for it. We saw a finish, kind of saw a submission a bit more. Wasn't surprised it was a knockout, but uh, saw that happening. Saw Mazzani's just low caliber level fighter and Mazzani, especially 10 pounds lighter, looked all sorts of good. I mean, I had... 90% exposure. There was one card I didn't have Chiesa on, so she definitely was a linchpin on my DraftKings. How did it work out? What did you like about this fight the most? I had Chiesa on by KO, and um, I wanted to start putting that in my pipe everywhere and smoking it, but I am so unimpressed by Gianna, Gina Mazzani. I don't... I, I, I want to see who they're going to pair um, Macy up with next, and I think she can definitely... She could be a contender. She could be a contender. Definitely, definitely is a fun, fun addition. Again, with Mazzani, I feel like she's also in that fade territory for me moving mm -hmm. forward. For Agreed. sure, for sure. She's also a professional wrestler out of the Alaska WWE style wrestling scene, entertainment wrestling. So she is one of those that has a di different day job. We don't tend to like those type of fighters in general, just throwing that out there. That's true. That is a lesson that could have been learned for the co-main event, but we can talk about that when we get there. Definitely. At 185 pounds, we had Edmund Shabazian coming in. The Edmund Disciple defeated Charles Bird in 38 seconds. I mean, Charles tried to get it right to the ground after a couple striking exchanges, pushed it up against the fence. Edmund Shabazian threw some of those side elbows Ended up hurting Bird immediately. Bird wasn't fully out, but he went into the fetal position, immediately covered, wasn't intelligently defending himself. It was a right stop. Also had a good amount of Shabazian on my DraftKings. Had a couple bets. This kid's looking all sorts of good. Um, with Bird, I still think he does good against a lot of other guys. It was just so short of a fight that I don't know if you can really put you can't really say he looked horrible in there, and you can't say Shabazian was this unbelievable. This is that weird division where everybody starts to have enough power to knock everybody out yeah. at any time. Um, I don't know how I feel about Bird, and I hate that this fight was so short because now it's like, I want to jump on the hype train of Edmund, but the fight was so short. What did we see? Did he just catch him? Was mm -hmm. I mean, at this level, everything is, they're all artists, but... You learn way more in that Darren Stewart yeah, fight, yeah. being three rounds in a split decision, than you do in 38 seconds. I think you're kind of saying the same thing with Bird. He can beat a lot of other guys, because when he gets going, he's an amazing Yeah, and this is a weak division. Definitely. I think they both stay in, and uh, definitely moving forward, Shabazian is a young man to keep an eye on, for sure. He's been, he's been putting in good work so far, but his opponents are going to dramatically increase the way he's finishing guys. So, then we move on to 170 pounds where we had a big fade on Diego Sanchez against Mickey Gall. I was saying it's not 
Mickey I like here. It's just fading Diego Sanchez, especially with that Joe Schillen training. I thought Mickey was going to be able to let it all out and just eventually clip Diego somewhere randomly. And Diego wouldn't be able to take it. And Mickey tried to. Mickey threw everything he absolutely could into those punches and kicks and gassed within two minutes of that fight. Diego, the Dream Sanchez, then turned that wrestling to 11 and broke Mickey Gall. Broke him all sorts of everywhere. Mickey Gall actually biting Diego Sanchez in the middle of this fight because he was so, uh, such a biting little bitch. Him, Al Gaijin, like every single one of the... He went, he kicked him in the dick, gouged him in the eye, bit him in the titty. He was such a little prick about it. And Diego just finally ended up winning via TKO. Did he fully go out or did he just finally crumple up? Because Diego was just swarming him. I have to say, I don't like Mickey Gall anymore going forward. But if this is Diego's game plan going forward, if he insists on fighting... Diego still has fights to win. There's a lot of guys that can't... It's almost like if you can get past Diego Sanchez's wrestling, then we can move you on to the top 15, 20 of the division because it, 170, it's all wrest, those top guys are all wrestlers. So it's like if you can't get past Diego Sanchez, you don't have any business with Colby, with Usman, with Woodley, with, like, you need to stay away from there. Like, maybe you might have an okay match with, like, a Till or with, like, but... No, not Mickey Gall. He's rudimentary, and I am sad to say I should. you said something in the match, too. You said, Diego, if he decides to fight this fight exactly like his last fight, he's going to win this. And that's exactly what happened. I kind of wish – I didn't go heavy on this. I didn't bet my money in Gall, and I think we kind of steered away from it. We weren't really I did have some it. spots that he – he definitely did eat some but of my – he mine. did cost me. He did, did cost, cost a couple me. cards. So can't say I went unscathed there because, again, I was – Fading Diego more than anything, but as I don't saying, like Mickey Gall going forward at, at all. all. But I think we already cleared that last time. We right, like right, right. It was a very situational spot, and it's again just because Diego's been around since UFC Tough Number One, like two thousand five. Old enough to be your mother. <laughs> He's old enough to be your mom. So, who would you give next for Diego Sanchez? One seventy. I don't know if he should necessarily move forward. I think anyone that they're questioning or anyone that they're ready to dump or any of these just strikers that need to see if their wrestling defense is up to par to go forward, I think Diego just kind of stays there. He's a big enough name to keep on the cards if he insists on fighting. I don't think he needs to make a climb to these dangerous guys so we see him brutalized in the the tenure of his career. I think just let the guy welcome the Mickey Gulls. Totally. If they're going to go out, they go out. Pay him what he's worth. He's a good name on the card for a lot of hardcore fans. And leave it at that. If he insists on fighting. Um, And if you you went with uh, Diego Sanchez and went all wink, no wink, you were super stoked. Because no one thought Diego was going to pull that out. He's Um, one of the biggest underdogs. Minus 250, somewhere in that range. Or like two to one underdog for Diego Sanchez. You were also saying, ah, what was it you were saying during? I just had it and it eluded me last night during the fight. Dang it. Wet blanket? No, I don't know. (laughs) It eluded me when you were talking about Winkle John, but definitely having a good game plan in there throughout the night. Anything left with the 170 pounders? No, I think it's good. 
onto the 135ers, we had Cody Stamen coming in and defeating Alejandro Perez in three-round decision, even though ended up getting this one wrong with Turbo Perez having it be in the first free bet of the night. It was plus money, almost two to one, plus 165 for Perez. I think he had a good showing. Uh, even though on DraftKings it was only 10 points, didn't really do all that well, or 20 point, 22 points, I believe, for Perez, it's still... The line was off with Stamen being that heavy of a favorite to me because Stamen in there looked good, but he didn't look like that big of a favorite. I believe out of both fighters, the only actual fighter to get a takedown was Turbo Perez dropping Stamen on his head one point in time. I think there was, it was either 7 and 0 in takedown defense or like 8 and 1 for Perez or 7 and 1. He only got taken down once in the entire fight. I mean, Turbo. Just needs to. Wow, that was a I close have to fight. Say, I wasn't upset. If you rewatch this fight without the bias of the three men that were sitting ringside and talking because they were all Cody Stammen, Alessandro Perez arguably won this fight. And yeah, it would be close. It would be arguable. But I think if they would have given it to him, you wouldn't have heard any boos. I think there were boos in the auditorium. I, I disagreed heard that too. with the decision. If I was a judge, I would have actually given it to Perez. And I don't think I'm being biased there. I think he laid more strikes and the takedown solidified it. The non-takedowns. And right. Yeah. Totally... If you go in for takedown after takedown after takedown and it doesn't go anywhere, I got to take something away from you. Or you give the other guy a point mm -hmm. instead of taking something away. But I totally agree with that. And we did see that come about. Um, Daniel Levy from MMA Odds is the weasel, or Daniel Levy for, is the weasel term. I loved how I heard a lot of other podcasts talking about how Perez is that perennial weasel. He's that guy who's always in close matchups and, uh, from, I mean, they were saying Stamen could steal it from him. That title. Like, it was such a close fight. It, Both guys are such similar styles. It's so, so true. And there are split decision cities coming up for either one of these guys. I don't think you fade either one. I think moving forward... I think forward, you can make money on both of them as underdogs going forward. That I totally, totally agree with that. 100%. Then we went on to the 205-pound bout where we had Johnny Walker come in against Misha Shurkinov. In 36 seconds, we were talking about those prelims being on profile. Again, that Stamen-Perez fight, that was hot fire if you watched it. Mm -hmm. It was a fun one. Yeah. This yeah. one, I mean, you watched the first 30 seconds and the most damages of the entire night were done in the post-celebration. Flying Knee finishes this in 30 seconds. We said Shurkinov, even though he's a better grappler, doesn't have a chin. Flying Knee finished Shurkinov. Uh, the worm finished Johnny Walker. <laughs> I guess the tequila's bad because the worm was sour in this one. We had Johnny Walker dislocating his shoulder in celebration. He put it back in before the presser, though, and he, he was fine. He's he going like, to be sore. He's starting to feel better. He's going to be sore, but he was even giggling because he felt stupid. He's just like, ah, damn it. I I'm hurt, Joe. I'm hurt, Joe. But I like that kid, man. He has everything going right. Definitely. He is looking all sorts of good, but... Is the competition level super low with potentially Ledet? We know Roundtree for sure. And Shurkinov owes Demir. Remember the, what I happened? I feel like Shurkinov is... I think that was Shurkinov's dad. I don't even think that was Shurkinov I in there. I agree. He looked old all of a sudden. He looked like he did not even train. He literally looked like he rolled off the couch... He looked like he hadn't shaven his chest in two weeks. He looked like he'd just been eating ice cream. He looked, you know how you usually say dudes look like a shell of themselves? Yep. He looked like he ate Misha Serganov. 
That's not a bad point. I totally agree. And you know, if you don't shave your chest within a week of a fight, I think you dog shit. <laughs> you got crabs in your chest. Yeah. So moving forward, I don't see how you were gonna get underdog money for Johnny Walker moving forward. He's, He's the new Naganu. He's Nuganu. Everybody's saying that <laughs> Tiago Santos fight, and if he gets through that, John Jones is the next opponent for this young man. I'm gonna actually hashtag it new ganu hashtag n-e-w ganu and ganu yeah (laughs) because i i think that same thing i we have yet to see him tested by any all the fights are so quick it's too hard to judge but if um it's a hype train going past i'm jumping on i'm jumping on this hype train there's something precise about him he just seems light in there this might be what he's made to do i'm enjoying it i like johnny walker for 205 he moves around like 170 pounder in there being all sorts of loose there was even in the 30 seconds what we could break down i was like oh he's going capoeira i said he's going capoeira and i was like oh he's getting really loose he's gonna do something funky fly and eat it's over it's over it was fun definitely must watch fighter any matchup he's in, must watch fighter. Yeah, I have to say at this point, um, I finished 7 of 12 in the night, so over 50%. These fights were so close, and you know how we go back. I wish I would have, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. The only thing I wish I would have if I had it all to do over again. We only disagreed about two fights. The only thing I wish I would have is, and I almost called it out too, is there was a weird moment on the embedded where John Jones hugged T. Woodley and T. It looked like a normal hug at first and it looked like it was over. And then John Jones held the hug and said that T. Woods energy. And I was thinking, he just he stole his, he, he sniped just, his energy. I was about to say he sniped it. He He's vampired done. it. It's he done. just sucked it up. Yeah, that was the only time that I thought maybe I should change so, to Usman. He passed the juice. You got the juice now, Grandma. Yeah, it was over. It was over <laughs> from there. There was a different different something happened we can talk about it when we get there johnny walker though perfect guy on the horizon for uh it was a perfect setup to why you'd want to watch john jones because he's a guy you might be john jones said something that he's beat the old guard he's beat every single member of the old guard the tasheras the uh dc's the uh shoguns the he's beat the whole old guard everybody um now the new guard's coming up and anthony smith is the first member of that new guard and it's also thiago santos it's also johnny walkers and ozdemir's and and i really like that he says that's how he solidifies I have to give some credit because I fucking think the guy's garbage, but there's, God damn it, is he likable? Everything I watch on him, I'm like, I like this guy. I would be like, thanks, John Jones. He's charismatic. <laughs> he's definitely. Yeah, he's so likable. He's just a likable kid. He's not even a kid anymore. He's a grown man. He's a veteran. A grown man with potential felonies that were pending against him at times. Walker carries his body so big, he has a scary factor coming forward for John Jones. Oh, definitely. And his fight tape's not long enough to study. Some of his previous stuff, but he was still a young man. He's not what he is now, for sure. For sure, for sure. Then we move down to the profile fight. Serkinov, get on out of here, or you think he's still okay to Because it's a weak division, as you were saying. I think he sticks around, because if not your boy Anders, who's the other one? Devin Powell. That type, he's like four, he's lost his last four fights and he keeps getting fights. I feel like Shurkinov's one of those guys who looks imposing, so he he might be brought in one or two more times to not necessarily win, but... To, if your ground game is out to par, you're going to be exploited. Exactly, but he that it's that chin. It's just everyone's seen it and there's reasons for it. 
to be fading, I feel like, shirking off from this point on. Then we went to the profile fight of the prelims. This was a fight of the year contender. All sorts of fun. If you watch the embeddeds working up to this, you saw the fights or the beard offs that almost broke off at the makeup station in the embeddeds. It was just... I don't know if that was just a periscope or an embedded. It might have been a periscope or one of those I am the bay type of situations. It's findable online because... That's social media shit. It was great, but this was an all-time classic with Zabit Magomed Sharipov coming in against Jeremy Stevens in a three-round decision. I feel like we called this 100%. 100%. We both sided with Magomed. We both said, either way, Jeremy isn't going to get finished in here more than likely. So it's a decision. You can play him on DraftKings. I mean, he didn't win my nights at all, but he did cash me out on my cash games because he was so cheap. And Jeremy said it himself. We talked about it on our breakdown. Zabit is tricky and elusive, but not tons of power. More of a cardio machine, more kill you by a thousand cuts. So we did see a three-round fight against a number six in the world. And there is more and more holes I see in Zabit's game. Again, it's going to take an elite fighter to get him out of there, but he doesn't look as indestructible as he once did to me after watching that fight. Hell of a fight. I still Jeremy Stevens is still a top 10 fighter, but Zabit finally solidified that top 10 potential as well. What would you take away from this fight? I think Jeremy kind of stays where he's at and makes himself a perennial gatekeeper. And I, I don't think he ever moves forward. Jeremy's never going to wear the belt. Zabit will have to see how much progression, because if Max Holloway's out of the division, I'm interested in, uh, oh wait, is this 135? It's 145. 45, 145. correct, correct. If Max Holloway's out of the division and moves up to the 155, I like Zabit, Ortega, Zabit, Jose Aldo, Zabit, like there's some fights in the top that I'm ready to start seeing him. I do think he has holes in his game. I definitely think he's lacking enough power that he's going to have to figure out, like, guys like Aldo, uh, he's going to be... That's a close matchup all of a sudden, right? That's I, I think Aldo has it all day. I agree with that. All day. Uh, I actually think Brian Ortega has quicker hands and maybe slightly better ground game. To... I think they're, there may be matchup in hands, but Zabi has better footwork. I think he kicks his, kicks his legs better and everything, so he takes away Brian Ortega's power. I just think the lack of power on Zabi. That's where I was going to say the other person I'd put him up against? Moicano. I think Moicano I think takes that fight. fight. I think, I think Moicano... it's a great fight. I think that's the fight. I think they they both kind of fight long like that. Yep. They both have, like, where they're great on the feet, good footwork, but then they have these killer ground games as well. I think that's a great fight, Moicano's and I think it's a big com- enough name for both young guys. Moicano's coming off of a loss right now, though. and Stevens... But he's higher ranked. And like, yeah, I think it's true. good to have the guy off a loss against the guy off a win step up to him. I think that, that's how it should I also go. love that Aldo matchup, though, but I don't know if Aldo takes that matchup. I think it almost has to be, in my opinion, Aldo T. City for the belt. If Max is stepping away. Which did he at that conference talking about he's defending the 45 as well? They're going to wait to see what happens with this fight and see if he gets the interim. And then if if there's a need for him to... Go back and wow, so that just fucks over the number one, two, and three contender at 45 right now. because No, because like, he said he'd still either way he'd be ready by summer, which would be a time that he would fight regardless. Like, even right. if he wasn't taking on Dustin Poirier, that would be around the time that he'd want to do all that. Instead, he's going to take summer off. 
Like, if he beats Dustin, he's going to take the summer off and come back and be ready by September to defend his belt, which would be fine because it's less than the year, which is better than fucking Khabib's doing and he's not getting stripped. Better than Connor did and he didn't get stripped forever. He'll just make another interim belt. They try to strip Woodley if Woodley decided to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> they were trying to strip him for everything. They were trying to strip him if he made a new album. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were like, I'll beat your ass. Who said that? God, get strip him. Get strip him. Strip Strip. So, uh, hell of a way to stuff art off the pay-per-view because, again, watch that fight again. That was I want to watch it again in slow motion. Oh, agreed. I feel like I could watch the entire fight in no like, commentary. Yeah, half the speed. Definitely a great one. But into the pay-per-view we go. No commentary is right. Here's another fight that the commentary really mattered. I'm glad you pointed it out real fast. And you pointed out in the fight, oh, well, that's Dom's guy. He trains with Jeremy Stevens. And boy, could you tell. The whole fight sounded like they were only allowed to talk about Jeremy Stevens. So I almost wonder, and I almost found myself being swayed to only looking at Jeremy Stevens. And I wanted to be paying attention to Justice Abit's feet. And I do love Dom by the end where he's like, this whole fight boiled down to footwork. And yep. Zabit's footwork was unbelievable. Actually, great call. And I and I really like that we were saying this as well. I believe it was this fight where Dominic Cruz did a really interesting next level thinking thing where I feel like ESPN to me always seemed like a basketball network. And Dominic Cruz related this footwork in this fight to lateral movement on the basketball court and how he crosses you up. And I was like, this is what's gathering this is a profile fight where there's basketball fans that are like, oh, he's crossing him up. Oh, he's crossing. And they turn it into a thing because now they understand what lateral movement in the cage looks like. I thought it was just They can take it to their friends. They can take it into the locker room. They can take it into the work on by the water cooler on Monday. And all of a sudden, they know a little about fighting. And just sometimes knowing a little makes you want to come back for more. Agreed. And that's how, yeah. That's, that's how we're, point. and good that's point. how you get at Lapbo, Lapbi. That's when if I lap. drop an elbow on somebody, it's called oh, the lap bow. I thought it was the lap money boat. Oh, I like that too. Like a Cupid, but it's just a little lesbian with a bow. <laughs> it's Chiesan with a bow. <laughs> I don't even know if Chiesan's gay. I don't even know if she's a lesbian. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, I wish that was something I could, I wish that was a parlay I could make. <laughs> <laughs> That would be <laughs> that would be under money for a show. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, the pay per view we go into. Anything left with the Stevens Sharapov no. left? I think it's time to walk into the official main card UFC two three five New Vegas. New Vegas. We had, I mean, a brawl around of the year contender. This only went a full four minutes and 52 seconds where Pedro Munoz defeated Cody Garbrandt in a KO round number one. This was a knockout. I mean, both of these guys came in swinging, swinging, swinging. They actually felt each other out for the first two to three minutes. Uh, in the last, was it 30 seconds to a minute after Cody? Did he get kicked in the balls? Something happened where Cody got emotional. And he literally got up and was like, you motherfucker. You could hear him literally say that. And then he came in with like a five punch combination. And it started the initial brawl. The the. I don't remember. I just remember there was probably four knockdowns in the, or four knockouts in this fight. And um, three of them, the people stayed on their feet. You know, like it was crazy. You couldn't look away. You could not look away. But you know what didn't hold up? 
that chin I told you wasn't going to hold up. And you know who's underestimated and even their number was way off. That's why I realized their line. When they put up their rankings right when the fight started and it was like Pedro Munoz 11th and Cody 3rd, I was like, oh, that is no wonder. No wonder everybody thinks Munoz is such a big underdog. And I think you even said it on air. This should have been a pick'em fight. Yep. Maybe this was the one. Um, this was kind of crazy. And once it got into those, he had better hands than I expected. He looked a lot. That was when they were just throwing like that. I thought, oh shit, don't do this with Cody. Don't do this with Cody because Cody has ha- has to have better hands there. Oh shit, didn't seem like he did. Didn't I don't know like if he, he did. I like. I think it's more what you're saying where. Munoz ate those shots, but he just was like, oh, is that a ham sandwich? Oh, here's one right back for you. And Cody couldn't. Cody couldn't take it. Because there was, like you're saying, slow motions where Munoz, it hit him a square on the chin, and he's just like, okay, here you go. Here's one right back at you. I mean, slobber knocker. Super fun. I actually, the day before weigh-ins, we were chatting, and I was like, I have Munoz now. You went back and forth at least two times since the show. And then went back to Cody. It stuck with Cody by the end of the night. But I definitely was hesitant on this one. Really hesitant. And if you look at our new Vegas cards, you'll see a little bitty bitty star. Little bitty bitty star right on Cody Garbrandt because I was not confident on a bet or DK The reason I started liking Munoz, you pointed him out to me however long Mm -hmm. ago. And... I almost feel what happened to you on this fight happened to me at the co-main where you let that name give you a little more security than it should have. And that's what I gave to T. Woods later on. It was like, oh, he's a legend. Yeah, Uh T. Woods. That's kind of Cody is almost like before his time legend. Like they pushed the kid up so much because of his looks. He looks like Baywatch, like cute kid, tattooed little neck and his little personality. and He's cute. Um, they push this guy fast through the rankings. Not that it doesn't take away how, I mean, he deserves to be in the UFC, but they just pushed him up there. And then, you know, brittle old Dom, brittle old Dom, not to take away anything from Dom, but I even saw some footage of their, like, look at Dominic Cruz training. And I'm like, yep, looks like the same Dom. Looks like Alan Thick right off growing pains at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> That's for um, kids, kiddos in here. That's that uh, Robin Thicke's dad. <laughs> <laughs> just for the just for the little ones, yeah. just so they know. Is it for the Tisha Torres's of the world? She seems team boppy to me. She look she look cute in there. Everybody looked cute in there. Everybody looked like a big happy. They could have been a girl band. They definitely could have been at one hundred and fifteen pounds. We had Lee Zhang. Or we lead Ziang defeating Tisha Torres. This was another free bet. Even money on Tisha when I made it. She ended up being a little bit plus minus one or plus one fifteen by the time the fight came around. But uh, this did go to decision, and Zhang out volume Tisha Torres. We didn't think it was going to be able to happen, or I didn't necessarily think it was going to be able to happen, but. This was a huge step up for Zhang, and she passed it with flying colors. Not an easy fight at all. It was, though, a little on the slow side compared to what we had just watched. I mean, I went from 60 miles an hour in that first round to a three-round decision that was definitely Did you think it maybe shouldn't have been on the main card? (laughs) (laughs) You might be right there, Lesbo. You totally might be right there. 100% right. I actually, though, I was watching it and I was thinking the other way. Like, this is a good representation of the women. They move fast. And I, what I liked from Zhang a lot was 
she went out there and reversed Tisha Torres. And Tisha Torres is no joke on the ground with wrestling. And she kind of handled her, handled her at times. Um, Tisha lost a lot on the distance on that. But I like the way she got through her. My very last picks on the verdict before we went on, it was too late to change anything else, but I ended up switching to Zhang. That's how I think. I think this, if there was any fight that was the 800-800 on DraftKings, this should have been it to me. This was the one right down to the last minute. I kept going back and forth that I probably switched more during the week than any other fight. And, um, yeah, I like both women still. I think. I agree. Tisha's never going to try to go for the strap. I like uh, Zhang. I think she can still grow her. And I even like the way her coach was like, you come out here and you train with us. You come out to uh, Beijing and you always have a place to stay. And Tisha was like, oh, I've never been out to China. Oh, you come and stay with us. Let's train. And I think that's great for both women. I, I think totally they have, agree. Both women could make each other a lot better. I think this is a good relationship. And that's what we like to see. I think it's Definitely. very... Yeah. And that turns all of a sudden into different career paths for fighters when they're done and they're like, oh, I went to China once and the China billionaires are like, come on, Tisha Torres, train our fighters and we'll give you a fat ass salary. Just come like on, Misha. Tisha Torres, you should come take, over to one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, yeah, we'll set you up. We'll you set and your you girl. Up. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. Anything left with these lovely late days? Um, I think Tisha Torres kind of stays stagnant, but I do think we should kind of pick a fight for Zhang. At 115. It's a great division. This is the Cavillo fight. That's a great call. This That's is a ex- great call. That, it on really the ground, pushes her ground yep. game to the next level. Suarez doesn't want Cavillo. Cavillo's looking for someone on the way up. She just been a top contender. Win and a win. That's the fight. I love that. You hear us, UFC, we know you're listening. We hear, you hear that, Cavillo? And everybody else, make sure you're following um, The Bean at Zol tonight. And you can follow, and um, new profile pic <laughs> for those of people who aren't on um, YouTube so you never know what we look like and we don't have the egg picture or whatever. And you can follow me at Weakneck Baby, And you can follow us on Instagram and at Twitter everywhere at Lesbo and The Bean. Or find us at hashtag us and a whole bunch of poker stuff. But one day we will take over... The Lappy Poker. We're coming for ya, Poker. On to, I mean, I want to call this a co-main event because it was as iconic, trend-setting. I mean, the, a fight of the ages. We had Ben Askren coming and defeating Robbie Lawler in one of the worst ways ever. The Black Iguana strikes again. And, oh man, was this just unbelievable. As we were saying here on The Breakdown... Ben Askren never fought somebody like Robbie Lawler who has good takedown defense and can throw an uppercut, a knee, or something that'll hurt you before you get to those legs and can change a fight before you get it there. That's exactly what happened. Robbie Lawler teed up Ben Askren. Ben Askren really falling into his takedowns and just kind of using pressure more than actual, well, I guess it's technique, but really just wet blanketing Robbie Lawler. Where Robbie Lawler actually uh, had Askren reaching over to around his back. Robbie Lawler picks up Ben Askren and drops him on his head and then immediately tight waists around the back Ben Askren where we've seen a couple guys get knocked out here and starts throwing uppercuts and Ben was as hurt as I've ever seen him in any one of his fights. Ben was holding on for dear life. I thought he went limp for a second. I actually thought Herb Dean could have called it for a split second there and then uh, 
Robbie releases the arm, Ben rolls, and just starts going back to his wrestling. He looked hurt, but he was still consciously moving forward, so it was legit that it let it keep going. Robbie, or not Robbie, uh, Ben, then just keeps crawling up the body, eventually uh, gets to around the head, and then he goes for a headlock. What were they calling it? Bulldog choke. A bulldog choke. You you usually get that bulldog choke and wrestling it's illegal, but you can use it to turn someone over for like a throw. But if you want to get it for a submission, you get around the neck because then you can just hold on. Uh, who was it? Evan Smith versus Pennington. Pennington submitted Evan Smith in a, lot, a second of the fight with that same bulldog choke. Happens low level. But this was around the it jaw. It does. It seems like a way you'd bully someone to yes. like repay it's a from the mob. Yeah, like you. Yeah, it seems... it's schoolyard. It's like, oh, I got you, nuggy sucker. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens around the throat. This was around the mouth. Now, to me, what happened? This was... is very controversial. This was very controversial after this point. I am not trying to interrupt you because no, you you're described right. the fight perfectly up until here, and I want you to continue. But this is where it gets like. The waters get thick. Murky. Sawgrass is coming up. Definitely. There might be crocodilis. Her there might be crocodilis laying in there. There's a snake like looking for. This is anaconda. This is where Herb Dean all of a sudden was like. You're J Lo. You're J Lo right now. You're walking through like, and there's a snake. I'm Ice Cube. You're J Lo. <laughs> Herb's like, I shouldn't have smoked that before I got in here. Damn it, because we had Robbie Lawler's arm above Ben Askren's head as he's getting the bulldog choke in, or assumingly getting the bulldog choke in. It looked like it was around the mouth, which still can be a jaw submission. You can still pop someone's jaw. You can hurt somebody. Still. You can still put them to sleep. But what looked very peculiar, even from the live shot, was that Robbie Lawler's arm went from the back of Ben Askren's head, and it limp loosely fell to Robbie Lawler's side, and Herb Dean immediately touched that arm to see if it was loose or floppy to indicate that he was passed out. I thought real time out of the group we were watching it with, he's out. I said, he's out. Not one person in the group didn't agree with Herb Dean to make that call. Say he in was out. In fact, everybody in the group was bitching at Herb Dean that the call was late. They right. were like, what are you trying to kill Robbie Lawler? Help him out. He's dead. And then they show another angle. Well, immediately it's called off. Ben raises his arm and Robbie immediately looks up and is like, what the fuck? And you see Robbie's, we see Robbie's face and we're like, he wasn't out. Oh shit, he wasn't out. But the fight's waved off. Once that arm waves in the air, commission rules are, it can't be unwaved. This is literally their sign for do not pass go. It's a, it's done. Anytime you see arms in the air, they don't, it's not overturned. Herb Dean, if it's going to go weird, it's always on Herb Dean's watch. I don't know about always, but damn, this was... If I was a ref in there, when we see a different angle, he's giving a thumbs up when he touches his arm. But it's a quick I just still don't understand. Up. Why does your arm ever go limp like that? But I could see it going. It's the same as Kiesa Lee, where Kiesa's like, I went limp for a split second to put all my weight in to get out because you'd relax. The argument I you keep relax. hearing is... You don't have one person that is, um, if you're put out, you don't, no one that's put out jumps up like that and says, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, yeah, I think people that are out could sometimes just jump up and be like, the fight's not over. I don't agree with that either. I don't think you can jump up and be as clear eyed as he was. 
he was sober. He I was have like, to be oh. honest with you. I have n- I haven't seen Robbie clear eyed in three years, much less to know he's clear eyed at that moment. Like he, that guy looks stunned like for a bit now. Did he eat a punch though that entire fight? Um, no, but I, everybody I know thought he was out. Uh, at the time, real time, and then when they real replayed time. it, he didn't look out at all. I just still the don't know. Angle? I don't know one defense that you're like go limp immediately. Like, immediately, go limp. Like, ask, ask Kiesa. Ask Kiesa. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Kiesa still He lost out. as well. He lost as well, even though he didn't tap. Yeah, but he wasn't even close to out. Like, he wasn't even close. To, Kiesa, that was significantly different. Yeah, Kiesa didn't true. just go limp. That was such true. a different thing. That's like apples and oranges. Just That's uh, just two submissions. I think, Well, it's two ref getting it wrong. Yeah, that's it, what it is. So... I mean, moving forward, Robbie wants to do it immediately. Ben already said, I didn't really want to fight him. I don't think we fight again. And, of course, Ben would say that because he got fucked up. For, I mean, he got dropped on his head and his, uh, he got hit hard. Um, what do you think? Dana White's already saying, I don't care what Ben says. He's fighting Robbie again. What do you think happens? We can't trust Dana, so. I mean, if both guys are healthy forward, yeah, we make that fight. Like, but Ben said he doesn't want it. Who cares? And then he doesn't sign a contract and he can sit on the sidelines and... I think that's... Honestly, I think what's... That'd be conspiracy. I think Ben says, I was in the UFC. I beat a former champ. Who else do I need to fight? I'm not... I don't need to fight anyone. And walks away and says, I beat champs in every single organization. And it's just kind of... Because I think once he got a taste of this, he's like, oh, fuck this. I think different. I think what different Labby conspiracy is, what if... Um, have you ever seen such a flop Tyrone Woodley ever where it looks like he gave up every second of every round? What about a different is he gave up it. He's at an age. His album dropped the same day. He walks away from the title and his boy can come and take it. Come take the belt? Yeah. Just I, saying. I, Not I, that I, I, I like that. I really, really do like that. Except the they both went is, out there and looked like farts. That's what I was going to say. Uh, ben ain't getting that belt from what I saw. Because if you had that much trouble with Robbie Lawler, which again, still top 10 type of fighter in the UFC. But the top three guys, ain't good that you get away with that, Ben Askren. Well, it doesn't matter. Do you think Funk Style has any chance against that African fucking crazy shit? The Nigerian nightmare. Do you think that fucking Funk Style has that, any chance against that shit? Maybe. But probably no. There is, yes. But first, and we're going to talk about it when we get there, before it'll be Askren, it'll be Colby. So Unless you perf- think immediate rematch or whatever. I think this is a good fight to talk about. I think Askren, he was calling out that he wanted the winner of Till Mospital. And that's the right fight. I agree. I think that's the right fight for him. Winner of that fight. And I then- think Askren should fight Robbie again. I agree. Like, it was too sketchy. I don't think it should even be a question. Both guys are... At too high a level for it to be questioned. I think it's like the Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez thing. Let's run it back. I think we just run it back. Why have a question on either guy's legacy? I don't think Ben does. Everything that I saw Ben say, he's a type of dude that's like... He didn't like like that style matchup for him anyway. He wants to fight strikers. Or other guys that don't have as good a takedown defense. (laughs) Because that that didn't feel good all of a sudden in there. But... Ben, oh my gosh, Robbie murked him. Ben's not a type of guy who likes to do things easily. So I don't think it's going to be an easy, yeah, let's get to other fights. No, no, no. It's going to be a little while. And he's going to talk a whole lot of shit in between all that time. Anything left with this controversial Now let's bout. scroll into the new. The co-main event, 
If you haven't trust the process here at Lab B, then you haven't been following for long enough. Because we told you Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet herself, was going to hit that belt. We also said the same thing about Trust Usman for over two years. We told you that the hype was real. Maybe the Woodley before hype got to us else, a bit. This is established 2016. This is before Lab B was official. Yeah. We were on Valentina and Usman for that strap. And guess what? Everything came to fruition. If you follow in the bean, you got the last free play, the one that finally cashed plus 130 underdog championship bout, and there wasn't a round that Kamaru Usman did not win in that fight. As you were saying before, T. Wood said, you got the juice, Usman. You got the juice. You trusted the process. You followed Lap B on every bet, every single turn. You made your money where it was. You put your money where your mouth is, and I think that there's still uh, quite a few fights, but obviously it's Colby Covington, interim belt, especially with all that shit stink and all that talk, that that's the fight to make. What do you think happens at the 175 pounds and new? The dominant fashion, there, something was off with T. Woods in there, in the octagon. He's 36 years old! Regardless, 37, I 30, think. And next week, I think. Um... But the dominance and T. Woods did not have one minute of victory in that fight. 25 minutes, Tyron Woodley did not have one second of like... I was going to say he landed one right hand, I think, in that first or second round. And then Usman was like, okay, I'm good. If I'm Colby, if I'm Wonder Boy, if I'm Till, if I'm Woodley again, I don't want to fight Usman. I think he has that title on lock. He took it from arguably one of the best welterweights of all time, and he will go down as one of the best welterweights of all time. And maybe because he's young enough and his skill set's enough, he could be up there with Woodley and GSP, and he is he could... Usman's that type of guy. I it was too good to be true. I never went against Usman one time, and I was just scared. And some I don't really think I've gone against T Woods either. And I let that name value of T Woods and what the belt means and what the, you know. It's the young guard. Usman is the first guy of that young guard, and I just don't see these. There's nothing I can see Colby bringing to that fight that's better than Usman. Even the fact Usman in the octagon, one of the most important. Do I have to work on my striking? Yes. Guess what? He has all the time in the world to work on his striking because he doesn't need to work on his ground game there at all. I think we could see Usman be... if. I don't even know if we'll see Khabib fight that long, but I just felt like that was a Khabib-like performance. That was so dominant. So unbelievably dominant. To G. Woods, unbelievable. Definitely. Like, it's not just any old guy he walked through. Not some bum. He didn't do that to CM Punk. He didn't do that to Mickey Gall. He did that to Tyron Woodley. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I want to bow down. I can't believe I jumped the Usman ship. I should have trusted us, man. I don't know why. We knew it was about Usman from the beginning. From the get-go. We were just saying that it maybe wasn't his time and it was because that Colby fight rightfully should have been first. It fucked us up. It did. It did fuck us up. We were talking a lot of shit on Usman because we're like, this isn't right. And it's all Adi Abdelaziz. 
Yeah, he tainted the Usman Waters formula. That poison got to us. Yeah, and I need to not have that because he's going to make me not like Gastelum either. And that's not fair. I love Gastelum, so I don't want to not like him because of Ali. It ain't fair. I want them to make money, even if it's Ali Abdelaziz. (laughs) So, here we got a fun fan question. At Ali Dicko, we had just wondering at Latby. With the bullet and the Nigerian nightmare both wearing the strap, who and when is your next ride or die for both men and women? I'm paraphrasing here. Thank you for the question. Who do you have? Sorry for the popcorn. (laughs) I can't help it. It's a weird day. So I feel like we've officially withstand or we officially have a lady pick we've been talking about it i've been beating around the bush too long but it's titiana suarez there's a reason i'm trying to look for someone else that might be it but we all know she's the next one in line to get that strap i think we gotta sit back beat jessica and josh did suarez Mm -hmm. it just happened no does she jessica and josh is fighting rose in brazil that's the next fight for her division but does she beat both those ladies? Even if it's not yet, but do you see it on her horizon? I do, but I do like another fighter too in between. I agree. Her. I agree. I'm with you. But I totally love Tatiana Suarez. She's our next bullet. We're going to take a lady at the 115 if we have to go behind someone. And then the debate the we actually save for on air. Uh, a dude. Who do we see? I. That's where I was going to say maybe we take a little bit of time. Because right now there's so many. Absolutely so many. And there's so it's many weight divisions. Zabit. It doesn't sound like Zabit it's for you. definitely not Zabit. Definitely, he definitely not. He has some good not. footwork. Um, you feeling Sugar Shane? Nope. You feeling... Um, we just haven't seen him in a while. Agreed, we don't know agreed. if that ring rust is real. Um, hmm. There's so many weight divisions, so many up-and-comers. I feel like the men's divisions, like most things, we got to really study our tape, look in a little bit deeper. They don't. It's harder for one to stick out because the div- divisions are so deep. Where for the ladies, we can clearly see a Chieson potentially throw up in there. I'm just throwing that out there right now. She's a contender with Suarez. And the 135, the only one in her horizon is um, Nunes or Holly Holm at 135. That's what I'm saying. That's a, that's not a bad one as well. Amanda's ready to step down if she beats Holly or either way. She feels like she's done it all, so she might not need to. And um, yeah, interesting one for the division. So on the horizon, after Tatiana Suarez... Uh, the men's division. There are Ooh. yeah. Go for it. I just thought of one, but love- just because it would. So it's recent, but I love them hips. You know I love them hips. Johnny Walker. Nardiev. That mofo looked unbelievable in his debut against Brazeres. I like um, the Chronicles of Nardia. I'm just saying, it, not official right now, but I, that's in my a lexicon I'm running list, on, the on the short list that list. I saw recently where I'm like, oh, oh, we just saw something different, a guys. Sneaky, we a saw sneaky prospect from a far back. We saw something different in Nardia. That's just a young man you really got to be watching out for. Are you liking like Yon? There was a lot of little sneakers on that last fight. Definitely, but even in general, that's why we'll go to tape, but. We'll get a short list together. We'll wean that down and officially get a pick. It took a little know. while for I feel like it'll be somebody like, yeah, everybody sees a Johnny Walker. That's why, that. That's why it's I don't want to pick that. It's usually sleepers that nobody else, they're just quietly winning their fights. Quietly winning their fights. Sometimes not by dramatic 
fashion because sometimes we like the guys that are grinding out the decisions and that's what we always liked about Usman and friggin' Shevchenko to be honest. Right. So I think Nardiev has that. He just showed that against Brazeres. What about Chavez and Jan? Chavez Jan. Two quick of finishes. They're Didn't two. he win his last one by decision? Oh, it was a decision for Stewart. That's right. That's right. No, I still feel like he. You know who's a weird sneaker for me, who's just that? personally. This is no, a weird sneaker for me. I think uh, don't sleep on Aljo, you guys. Don't sleep on Aljamain. He's a little sneaker that I think he is putting together all the right skill sets where he's just becoming the right rounded MMA artist. He's coming into his own for sure. Definitely. I know he's not a youngin. I know he's not a dark horse like an Usman was as far out as we picked him. But um, he's just somebody, a different kind of. Uh, there's a, a couple of other guys. I'm just getting really wrestling bias now. I'm just thinking, are they a wrestler? Are they a wrestler? Nard- Tatiana is. Nardiev. He had them hips. He had the reverse wrestling hips. He stayed well, off the ground. He was a national wrestler or Austrian national collegiate. I didn't even guy. know they had wrestling in Austria. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, All right. I'm impressed with Woodley. I bow down. It was my mistake, but if you've been listening to the show long enough, you should have just been like, what? She's not going with Usman? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. They wait. She waited until they, she, he gets to the belt um, and then doesn't. That's so dumb. So I hope you didn't listen to me. So the real question, you getting that new album? Um, I already have it. I already got it. it. It was downloaded onto my new phone, like that old U2. Remember when that phone came out and that U2 music was just put on Oh, there? it was already preloaded. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what is this garbage taking up space in my phone? Everybody's going to want it. Everybody's going to want it. Sorry, I don't mean to call. I beat your ass garbage. Oh, it is it. He's got a new one because he can't, that was his old song. I thought song. it was the album's dropping with all those songs on it. I honestly Like those were know. singles and that now was... the whole album's dropping that's trash if that's so. And the whatever. new song out is like, you fall down, but you get up again. So it all goes to series of every song that he's released in the fights he's won. And now he lost. And that happened. That's why the conspiracy. I'm how, making that part up. I'm how do you, you feel about Askren rapping with T-Woods on the pre-fight press? Or on Askren the pre- is dad jeans. He's keeping them high and tight. And if you are a Your Mom's House fan, um, Anik made a high and tight reference that I thought was awesome. That is true. That is true. That was a fun one. If you're a super, you should pull it out because I don't have time to listen to that whole thing again and figure out where he said it. Oh, no, no, no. His Yo- defense is high and tight. <laughs> like your dad's jeans. Anything left? Like Ben Askren since the humor. No, Boom. we can move on. Anything left? Oh, so to the main event we go in a five-rounder. Oh, wait, yeah, Usman, we already know. Uh, that's the Colby Covington fight. And T. Woods isn't going to fight Ben Askren, so the only thing you can do... T. Woods, you don't want him to fight till... What's he got, Masvidal? He has to wait to fight again. I don't know if T. Woods fights anymore. I you think he's got... see him dance off into the... I think he's just like, all right, whatever. He might have one more, but he's got so many other, his toes and so many other honey pots that. Which is what you don't like to begin with. Exactly. Stretching yourself too thin as a fighter, you got to keep your head in the octagon. Exactly, exactly. So I think he he might dance away into the distance. If not, he'd be throwing Three other African guys. fighters that are heading for straps. I mean, Usman has one, but then you have Israel Adesanya that could be arguable. arguable. And then Nganu, which. He's a frightening guy in that division, regardless of who's But the first nightmare ended up making it. Kamara Usman, trust in the process. Very cool, though. We might know what we're doing here at Lab B if you're following the bets. 
the main event, 205 pounds. Everybody saw it coming. One of the biggest favorites we've seen in a long time. John Jones, arguably easiest opponent for a long time. But was it easy? Because John Jones had to throw an illegal knee in there with the black iguana. Just an illegal knee and also a soccer kick while the guy was face down on his belly. <laughs> the black iguana strikes again during that. I mean, was there anything really to talk about before any of this? It was John Jones rolling. Uh, again, Anthony Smith never really did anything to put Jones into any danger. The really marquee point of this entire fight was the two points that were deducted. Two, count them, two points from that illegal knee. And there's a lot of people saying that uh, Anthony Smith could have actually won that fight via DQ, which I saw a lot of people saying the only way Anthony Smith wins this fight prior to the fight was by DQ. What do you take from Anthony Smith deciding to not give up? At, well, give up or get the win via DQ because he would have won that. He would have won that fight, rightfully so. He wouldn't have. They say it afterward. They would have made it a no contest somehow because John Jones had literally a soccer kick while the guy was laying on his belly and then the illegal strike. And I don't think Anthony Smith, he was like, yeah, I'm okay to fight still because I still want the opportunity to win this. I don't think it was ever an illusion that they were going to, he won the fight. Like, I don't think that was ever going to be on the table. I think this is so rigged. From the beginning, um, I know we're still watching two men fight, but I think there are things that lean toward another men. And this fight, to me, is perfect example of... It, they broke up Usman at least four times from taking T. Woodley down, and they let John Jones stay in there with the same garbage with zero movement. So this fight, I think Anthony Smith is actually was a little more dangerous to John Jones than he was giving Anthony Smith credit for going in there and... I don't think we saw the best version of John Jones. It looked kind of sloppy. It was interesting in there. Uh, John Jones coming out and saying like, hey, I try to finish people and it shows. That's why I'll knee you on the ground sometimes. But these are the elite of the elite. Does Anthony Smith put a big fight career together or a, a fight spree to get back to the belt? Because I don't see it. I feel like he pretty much got the only title shot he was going to be able to get in there, and that was by beating the legends Shogun and who was it, OSP and someone else that was on the retired list, Vitor Belfort or something? Uh, I actually think as soon as the UFC will let him fight John Jones again, he'll be able to. I don't think there's a lot of other competition in the division. I think Gus is slowly falling out, and DC doesn't want to go back to 205, so I kind of think it's John Jones, Anthony Smith, everybody else. Luke Rockholt versus Anthony Smith is a better fight than Luke Rockholt versus John Jones. I don't think Luke Rockholt beats Thiago Santos, and I don't think he beats Johnny Walker. So I think there's so many dangerous guys in the division. Anthony Smith is one of them. He kept beating himself up in the post-fight presser, and he's like, I don't know what happened. I know I was in there with John Jones. I know he's amazing, you guys. I had an answer for everything he was doing, and that's why he changed his game plan. If you watch the John Jones fight back, he's like, I haven't even watched the tape yet. I had an answer for every single thing he was doing. I was checking all his kicks. I was blocking all his punches. I was doing all this. He said I wasn't pulling the trigger at all. I just was blocking. The whole time, I just turned my game plan into defense. He's like, that's not the kind of fighter I am. Everybody knows that about me. You can watch all my fights. That is not how I fight at all. I know I was in there with John Jones, but I just think... If that fight goes like that, if I get up here again, it's going to be a different fight. But that's champ shit. But then everybody else says, John Jones doesn't roll like that. His second fight with everybody, he murks them. 
and this is the truth because he now felt you out. But uh, it's champ shit. That whole, oh, I didn't know the lights were going to be so bright. It's champ shit, guys. That's what champs say all the time. They're like, yeah, you don't understand how much this affects us in here. And I mean, 205 getting shaken up, as you were saying, there's a ton of fun fights for John Jones. Popping the, passing the piss test or not, doesn't matter. He's got some fucking monsters knocking on the door. Thiago Santos, Walker being them. But again, those guys, Santos will probably have a good shot to be the next guy up because he's fought in the UFC longer. But uh, don't they all seem very similar styles? Like just, it, it almost like. I like Walker Blockowitz. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I think that's the right fight, and then Walker will have be close to that title shot because I think Santos after that he gets John Jones, and they talked about it at that block fight. They both thought whoever. Well, Serkinov's a good grappler, so I don't know who else. Or what about? Nope, those are heavyweights. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. If it, this is an interesting division. This is like a real. It's like in a rebuilding period. Because they're all 85ers moving up. <laughs> yeah, but I'm starting to like what I'm seeing. I'm I agree with that. I'm starting to like what I'm seeing. I love the durability of Anthony Smith, and I think he's still a young enough kid coming forward that uh, he absorbed a lot of stuff. And can you imagine as a fighter if you could pay to get be in there with John Jones on that kind of level for 25 minutes, that what that does to your game? Oh, like 100%. if you would just lay in there and sleep and download that information, how dangerous that makes you. I'm excited about Anthony Smith and John Jones. I'll be waiting for the day to watch you get knocked out, but I'll still always have you on my picks. Until still be betting on it. I don't know who in the division competes with John Jones. I agree. I it's J- I totally agree. I think you're 100% right on that. Any last things on this pay-per-view? It was a historic one. Still, one of the best pay-per-views we've had in a long time. This was a fun show. I was excited. I was really excited. I actually was, I was, I'm going to admit it, I was passing out. On that fifth and final, fourth all, and five round. Uh, my yeah, eyes were yeah. like, but that's because I had the beat. I had all these knockouts. I had that the freaking weird submission that ended up happening. I'm, I was a roller coaster. My blood level was yeah. going up ah, and down. It's over. It's over. Oh. Benasker. I think it's over. Oh, wait. Oh. No, no. He's the yelling. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it, it was crazy. It was hell crazy. of a night. It's crazy. It's crazy. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. And uh, buy that lather and co. That's what I mean. Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.